Hey there, this is Terry Cowley, weekday breakfast presenter on 1FM Shepparton. Thanks for checking out this podcast. It was recorded live as part of The Brecky Show, which you can catch 6 to 9am Monday to Friday. It's time for the Ag Spotlight with the country news. wish those animals would just be quiet. Good morning, Fiona Lloyd of the Country News. Time for the Ag Spotlight, as my my little helper here says. <laughs> Good morning, Terry. You've got popcorn on the front of the Country News today. Yes, uh, a, a little bit of a, a, a different uh, type of popcorn to what most people are familiar with at the movies. Um, this is popcorn on the cob, um, and it's... Um, grown out at Ardmona on the Pogues property and Carly Merritt's done a story with them um, just uh, going through their journey from um, I guess more standard farming practices to improving health, soil health through regenerative um, practices and cover cropping through to being now um, organic. So um, nice little story, lots of beautiful photos and I'm sure people uh, know the Pogues family out at Ardmona. So they are they are selling you. But you basically buy. Is it a little cob? Well, the cob I've got sitting in my pantry is your standard size cob, um, and yeah, you stick it in a bag that they supply, a paper bag. Stick it in the microwave, zap it for I'm not quite sure how long, and it starts popping away. So yeah, a, a kind of fun way of eating. And so the for the most part, I think the the popcorn actually pops off the cob into the bag. Yes. Yeah, so it, as opposed to just having the um, kernels that we are all familiar with, yeah. sort of sticking the oil in mean, the whole cob. I mean, these days, you, you know, there's so much popcorn already popped that you can buy. Yeah. I think sometimes maybe our kids might even forget that it actually comes from a cob, so maybe it's, oh. a, it's a good reminder of, of where it all, you know, of, of provenance and all that. Yes, well, that's actually one of the things that... Um, Leanne Pogue, who's um, Fraser Pogue's uh, wife, she actually um, says that that's one of one of the reasons why they do it like this is just to remind people, hey, this is where popcorn actually comes from. Absolutely. So there's a book about Stanhope and cheese. Yes. Well, many people will probably realise there's been a, um, a milk cheese factory in Stanhope for more than a hundred years now. Um, it's currently owned and operated by Frontera, but it's been through various um, owners um, from, I'd imagine, back in the old, old, old days as a co-op, um, run on steam, milk delivered from cows on by horses, right through to quite um, a slick operation now. And um, this book, which was released oh, probably about a month ago, um, just details that history and focuses on, of course, some of the people involved in um, the factory and and like so many of these smaller towns, the factory, um, you know, was a major um, uh, employer um, and people who have worked in the factory and are now involved in men's sheds and various other community um, events. So you can get a copy of the book, I believe, for $5 if you um, pick it up from the Stanhope Business Centre. Excellent. Now, we've heard a lot about Japanese encephalitis, but you've got a story here about a woman dying from Murray Valley encephalitis. Yes, um, over in the Bullock Shire, um, a woman has died after contracting it, and apparently it's the first time someone has died of Murray Valley encephalitis since 1974. And it's just 
um, I guess it's once again ramped up the warnings, like the mozzies are out there, there's plenty of them. There's a, not a lot, that's not fair, but a number of them are carrying um, this virus um, or various other viruses, so make sure you do all the right thing and, you know, if you've got any symptoms as well, go and see your doctor. Yeah, I think I saw, saw a story during the week saying there are less mosquitoes, but those mosquitoes that there are that there are, uh, a lot are containing the various diseases. So, so yeah. the disease rate is higher, but the mosquito rate is lower. So we kind yeah. of can't win, can we? <laughs> no, no. So Japanese encephalitis, Murray Valley encephalitis, and one called West Nile virus, which I've never heard of. But um, sounds, it's sounds a bit exotic. You know, I want to say encephalitis. That's what oh, I want to say. But people, oh, everyone keeps saying encephalitis. So I've changed. Mm-hmm. I've made a big change in my life there, Fiona. I'm still coping with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's horses for courses. Maybe it's a yeah. New South Wales Victorian thing. I don't know. No, look, I um, I always said encephalitis, and then I noticed everybody else was like you saying encephalitis. We just maybe we're just being sheep, and everyone's wrong. <laughs> Maybe we should rebel. Yeah. Look, 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 next time we talk about it, let's do that, Fiona. Okay. Now, I see that wood chopping events at rural shows are under threat. Yes. Now, I never realised this, but wood chopping is apparently um, and a very a very Australian um, sport. It was developed in the 1870s back in Tassie, I think, and um, they use a specific type of wood. Um, now... I, I'm, at, my, at the top of my head, I think it's called alpine ash. Yes, I've got that right. Also known as woolly butt. And they get it from um, uh, plantation. It's uh, plantation forest. But because of some changes in the way um, Vic Forest can do its logging, etc., wood chopping groups are concerned that there's not going to be enough wood to chop. Um, so, so it has to be that time. kind of wood. I, I, yes. I didn't know it was, a, you know, why can't it just be pine or something? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think it's, um, you know, with the wood chopping, often it's it's about speed and then there's the whole um, wood chopping art, I guess, um, in terms of making wood in the fast amount of time into a shape, etc. But yes, apparently it's a very specific kind of wood um, and very hard to get hard of, hold of. And as we're entering into... Um, show season, event season, um, the various associations are concerned that there's not going to be enough wood for wood shopping events. And I know that the Seymour um, Farming Expo is coming up at the end of March and at this stage the wood shoppers aren't coming because they can't source wood. And we were all like, hey, we've all got plenty of wood after the flood. But I, could make, I could make a couple of um, jokes about what we're talking about. They might be a bit off colour, so I'll just avoid them. <laughs> we'll um, move on. <laughs> But what is the world coming to? Not mm. enough wood for wood chopping, Fiona. Yes. Oh, dear. Yes. Mm. Now, another story that caught my eye, because I'm working uh, on a story about sheep duffing in my other job, oh. is this story about a farmer being fleeced out of nearly $140,000 worth of sheep, which is just so hard to imagine that that many sheep could go missing without someone knowing. Oh, exactly. Um, so, yes, over a period of oh, three or four months, 700 sheep allegedly um, were uh, taken from a farm at Logan, which is out past St. Anard. Anard, I think. Oh, I don't know. Anard, yes. Anyway, out that way. Um, and, yeah, they're obviously worth quite a bit. But the, the police are saying it must have been a very 
sophisticated, slick organisation because that's a lot of sheep and the owners didn't really uh, notice that amount of sheep were missing until um, earlier this month. And I suppose it just points to, you know, the flocks out there are huge. Um, so, yeah, I guess maybe 700 out of 10,000 does take a while to um, pick up and, until you go in to do shearing or drenching or whatever. But, um, yeah, that's a lot of sheep to go missing and, yeah, mind-boggling that you took a while to notice. Absolutely. Keeping on the theme of sheep, the Australian sheep meat industry is just getting bigger and bigger, isn't it? Yes, huge. Um, the Meat and Livestock um, Association are predicting we're going to have the largest national flock um, in quite some time, reaching the giddy height of seventy or nearly 80 million head, which is a lot of sheep, and so it really puts those 700 that went missing into perspective, doesn't it? So... Um, good time. I guess it does. Yeah. But you've also got a story about merinos taking centre stage to move away from the sheep meat side of things and moving back to wool. Yep. There's a field day coming up on, I'm sorry, I'm flicking madly through my pages here, um, coming up next, no, this Friday, um, over um, Serpentine Way and are very focused on merinos, um, different studs with their different sheep and just some tips and advice on, um, you know, raising sheep and um, sales as well. So some big names over that way. Um, people will recognise some of the, the stud owners and studs. Something else that caught my eye because I'm interviewing the host of this the, of this podcast later in the week oh, yeah. is the Backroads Trail podcast. It's great to see local initiatives being highlighted through, you know, I guess audio, which is kind of what we're doing right now, isn't it? Yeah. Although obviously a podcast is more of an on-demand thing. So the Backroads Trail, which is sort of just over the border really into New South Wales, isn't it? Uh, was yep. launched a couple of years ago. I think I remember going up to Pericuta Station for the okay. for the launch of this backroads trail, and now they've got a podcast that you can listen to, which is highlighting it all. So the trail extends from Chukamoama, Wambuta, Bunalu, Baram Kundruk, Caldwell, Daniloquin, and Mathara. And I've got to admit, Fiona, there's a couple of names on that list that I have never been to. Yes, well, um, I happen to know, find out about a couple of them, like Bunaloo's one, because we've got another story um, about a young person from up that way who won a scholarship. So it's sort of, you know, if you keep going up north of um, that Kahuna area, Kerrang area, um, it's in the New South Wales side, on the New South Wales side of the Murray. But it's a pretty amazing part of the country through there. You know, there's a whole lot of um, rivers and creeks and quite a um, great history, ag history through there. And, yeah, this podcast, I think I'm going to listen to this one. It sounds like it's got lots of good stories and it recognises, you can talk about the places, but it's the people behind the places and the communities. That, always, always. Yeah. What about Wombuta? Wombuta, I'm not quite sure where that is, but I'm assuming it's up, up 
Well, just a shout out to Wombuta and Bunaloo this morning. If anyone is listening um, from up there, they should give us a call and we'll find out what is happening in that community. So we always have a have a check in with the recipes in country life. It's called country life section of country news. Today we've got scrunched phyllo with cherry tomatoes and Persian feta. Well, that sounds amazing. Veggie slice fingers with salsa. Salsa can dress anything up, I think. Oh, I think so. And smoked chicken and tomato salad with green olive salsa. Now, you and I will leave that last one to the meat eaters. Yes. But I, yeah, I think the veggie slice fingers with salsa sounds amazing. Yes, well, this is um, quite a few people um, will probably still have quite a few tomatoes in their gardens and um, we're probably getting to the end of the season aren't we but um i know a friend of mine has given me some lovely cherry tomatoes over the last um couple of weeks and a lot of zucchinis as well yes zucchinis <laughs> zucchinis there's never you always have too many zucchinis um, in fact i might look at some recipes for zucchinis for next week's paper thanks cherry well i've got quite a few because i've got some very generous neighbors who keep giving me z- zucchinis i did notice with the veggie slice fingers with a salsa they're suggesting a couple of bacon rashes thrown in as well. So it's one of those ones that you could take that part of it or leave it. So it's something that could be good for, you know, the vegetarian members of the family or the meat eaters. Eaters, absolutely. And of course, you've got a big real estate section, lots of properties for sale there, as yeah. well as your livestock section. A Hereford bull selling for 55000 That would be nice money if you could get it. And yeah. plenty, a big water section, weather section, all the good things that are in country news which is out today isn't it that's right out today in the shepherd news campus valley news and the denny paper and most other weeklies in the region tomorrow excellent thanks so much for your time fiona we look forward to catching up with you again soon okay thanks terry we've been talking to fiona lloyd of the country news on one fm at 22 past eight the marupna golf club home to the golden valley's only full-length driving range and it's open to the public seven days a week yep that's right you don't need to be a member to use the driving range. But with some of the best value for money golf memberships on offer, why not take the plunge and join with unlimited golf all year round? Come and meet our PGA pro, Ben Weatherly. Need a lesson? Yep, Ben's got you covered there too. You're welcome here at the Friendly Club, the Marupna Golf Club. 1FM sponsor. We're back. The Tangama Hotel is not just your everyday country pub. It's a Goulburn Valley institution. Established in 1891, the beautiful heritage-listed building is worth the visit alone. On the Silo Art Trail, the Tangama Hotel offers quality lunch and dinners, eat-in or take-away, as well as accommodation, including some brand-new ensuite rooms. It's family and dog-friendly as well as offers catering for all functions, including weddings and parties. Open seven days for lunch and dinner. Why not organise a group and grab the courtesy bus? A Tangama Hotel, more than just a country pub. 1FM sponsor. This is John Painter and Craig Stott from From 1FM's Sport and Road. Central Tyre Service is now your Goodyear Auto Care Centre. With on-farm tyre servicing, computerised wheel alignment and balancing, complete front-end alignment and brake repairs, and a full range of automotive batteries. There's not a lot the friendly staff at Goodyear Auto Care can't do. Servicing the Goulburn Valley since 1952. Central Tyres, now Goodyear Auto Care, can be found at 117 Wellsford Street, Shepton. Phone 58 219 Station sponsor. South Coast Lime supplies quality agricultural lime direct to the Goulburn Valley. South Coast Lime is highly reactive with a 92% neutralising value. 
35.5% calcium plus high levels of trace elements. South Coast Lime will balance your soil's pH, improving the uptake of major plant nutrients, including nitrogen, phosphorus and potassium. South Coast Lime offer bulk freight and delivery direct to your property anywhere in the Goulburn Murray region. For quality lime, call Pete and Paul at South Coast Lime on 0488 663 286. That's 0488 663 286 or find them on Facebook. 1FM sponsor. You've been listening to a 1FM podcast.